This podcast is rated off for realness. Explicit fucking content. What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to the Basement Booker's Podcast, episode 174. And if you don't know by now, I am Rich Theriz, here with my bro, the champ, Basement Jair. Subway riding, Hershey kiss stealing, YouTube and podcasting, son of a gun! Basement Jair, champion of the world, here to address my people, the Basement Booker's fans. Okay. Oh, I thought you were going to address them. I am... Do the podcast. Oh, you're just saying hi. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fired up. Well, you gotta be fired up. Fired up for episodes. Episode. It is episode week. We got Riz's Raw. We got Jer's Smackdown. But before that, as always, you gotta have your appetizers first. And we got some interesting appetizers this week. Let me tell ya. So, you saw Raw, right? Yes, I saw Raw. I saw Raw. I also saw an abortion. Yes. Speaking of that abortion, I don't know if you heard or if you heard about this. I didn't pick up on it. But apparently during that disastrous Ms. TV segment, uh, whoever LaMelo Ball is, he said to Dean Ambrose, quote, beat that nigga's ass while holding the live microphone. Well, I didn't hear it. Look. The the producers heard it. Kevin Dunn was flipping out. We I feel like at one point in our lives we've all said that. In the heat of in the heat of the moment. We said it. You know, I'm just saying. It's been said by everyone. Just stop whining. Right, just not on Keep it real. Not on a PG show uh, with a live microphone. It's not okay. But everyone's done it. If you if you if you say you didn't you are a liar and a fraud. So let's just get that out of the way. All right. So WWE released a statement of apology through the LA Times. Additionally, the balls were scheduled to sit ringside for the following six-man tag match, but the segment was such a disaster, not only was that idea scrapped on the spot, but Dean Ambrose was sent out earlier than scheduled. Yo, if I was the Miz and that dude went off book on me, I would have laid his titty having ass out. Yeah, that see, that dude took his shirt off. I was like, no, put it back on, bro. What at, are you like, doing? At, every millisecond of that was just, why the fuck is this happening, dude? Crazy. Why did they do that? I never even heard of any of that. What they were talking about. So I had to Google stuff. Apparently, one of these balls got uh, signed to the Lakers. Okay. And they were in L.A. And that's the arena that the Lakers play in. Okay. So it was a thing. Like, he got signed to the Lakers that week. Earlier that week. Like, the week before, I guess. Yeah, but are wrestling fans interested in sports guys? Some might be. I could see that. Hmm. All right. I don't know what to say at all. That. I had I had no idea who this person was, who either of these people. Were. I didn't either. I just thought it I was still dumb. don't. I, I and I I don't care. I don't. I just don't want to see them anymore. I'm done. No more balls, except the great ones that are flaming. Yeah, I'm, it's pretty obvious that's not going to happen again. You can rest easy. <sighs> what a disaster that fucking shit was. You know, you got to take chances in life. I guess. Well, I guess what is the biggest news this week, at least I think this is big news, Impact officially acquired Global Force Wrestling this Wednesday, issuing a press release with the announcement and stating that Jeff Jarrett will be named Chief Creative Officer. And at Slammiversary 15 this Sunday, all title matches will be unification matches. It also says they will be, quote, combining their resources and talent suggesting that everyone on the GFW roster will join the Impact roster. As a follow-up, the Tennessean is reporting that Impact will officially be rebranding as Global Force Wrestling, 
Anthem made this decision as a way to help distance themselves from the negative stories hovering around the Impact brand, particularly the financial struggles and recent legal battles. Anthem official Ed Nordholm was quoted as saying that Anthem, quote, saw a rare opportunity to get involved with an asset that already had global distribution. It's a 3,500-hour library broadcast in 120 countries. I don't think the U.S. is one of those, but that's beside the point. With existing distribution contracts in India, Africa, and now the U.K. So, big news for Impact. GFW. Wow. GFW is a thing now. You know, if just because you put a pink bow on a piece of shit, <laughs> it doesn't make it not smell. You know what I'm saying? I do. But I got to say, some I like some of the creative direction that is happening in what is currently known as Impact. I like some of what they're doing. I think Sandow left. I mean, uh, Aaron Rex. Okay. Well, in order to prevent you from further discussing TNA, I vote we move along, please. All right. I'm not going to ask you what the creative is. I don't want to know. It's okay. I don't really remember. But it doesn't matter. It's that good, huh? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I didn't watch this week. I didn't watch last week. Did I, watch it? I think I watched over so last week. what evidence do you have? None in front of me. I didn't think I had to bring evidence. Yeah, but... I can't just make a statement? How do you know it's good if you haven't been seeing it? I you watched said... it last week. Okay, so you watched last week. Yes. But not enough time to do this week's? I didn't have... No. Okay. No. No. No time. All right. Tyson Kidd began his transition into an agent role this week on SmackDown. He is also back on the Total Divas cast, if anyone is interested in that. Not really, no. You watch? Don't you watch the show? Yeah, but I don't care who's on it. Uh, so they could replace them all with puppets? and That would make it even better for me. <laughs> I don't know why you're saying it like you're making fun of me. That's great. <laughs> Everybody would watch that shit. Total puppets. I don't care, man. Make it's gonna make a million dollars. To make a million dollars. Total puppets. Just have puppets do anything. It's hard to do a puppet reality show because they're gonna have a person with their hands up their ass. Up something. Yeah, it's too bad it's just a dream. Who knows what technology can bring us in the future. I don't know. Anyway. I don't even know how you got on technology from fucking puppets. Because what if they make puppets even better? Where it's like they don't have to have a person's hand up their ass. So it would be like a robot? Yeah. Or remote control? I want, I want, like, I want robots that look like, um, Muppets. You know, like puppet people on Sesame Street? That'd be scary as shit. I know, right? How awesome <laughs> would that be? I was talking to Farrah about, uh, Cause she did, she, she got out, she, she, she was going to work, but she didn't want to go. And I'm like, they don't have robots that dress you, so you have to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. And she's like, they should get on that. And I'm like, yeah, you want them to take as long as possible with that? Because you see the amount of bugs there are in just software that we use? Your freaking yeah. dress bot will like put your pants over your face and strangle you. <laughs> and it'll be like, tightness achieved. Shutting down. <laughs> so you don't want bugged out robots. Is that like a, the the robot's way of calling you an ass face? I guess. I didn't even think of it that way. I just left it as <laughs> accidentally strangling you with your pants. Yeah. That would suck. It would. You finally get to the point where you can own a machine that can dress you and it bugs out and suffocates you. With your pants. Well, I, I think they probably would make sure they got most of the bugs out first. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. You got to let them work it out first. Yeah, so. You don't. You want them to take their time. That's why I never buy a brand new phone. I always wait at least like four to six months to to get. Yeah, I got phone. my phone like a lot after it was released. The new iPhone. It was like four months after, but that's because it's a fucking waiting list. Four, four months is a good time. Like by by that point, they've already had the shitty software, figured out the fucking exploding battery and the oh shit, I looked at it wrong and the screen cracked. Oh yeah, doesn't didn't your phones like Samsung like uh, explode or something? That was the Galaxy Note Eight. 
Yeah. Or Note 7. I'd hate to have my phone explode in my pants. That's the worst. Yeah, that would be. You a gotta bad check into the emergency room and fill out forms. You have to write that. So I go to Samsung's website often for work, and they're having a sort of a similar issue with washing machines. Have you heard about that? Exploding washing machines? No. Yeah, the um, I think it's their their front loading washing machine. It has this feature that, like, let's say you have a blanket in there, and you know the shit gets bunched up during the wash, and when it goes on spin cycle, it's it's out of whack. It has a feature that will keep it in whack. But that feature is out of whack. And they issue, had to issue a recall because it was throwing the fucking tumbler uh, out of whack, thinking it's working fine, and the fucking whole top of the machine was flying off. Wow. Fascinating. So Samsung's having some issues. Obviously, yes. Yes. I didn't even know they made washing machines. Speaking of issues, Paige and Alberto Del Rio reportedly, sorry, Alberto El Patron? I, it doesn't matter what his name is. It doesn't, no, I guess not. Uh, they reportedly broke up over the weekend and got back together by Thursday for the Combate Americas 15 weigh-in. One of them is gonna wake up in the hospital after a cocaine overdose. This is crazy. I feel like they're, they're wild and out of control. <laughs> this is what happens. So, like, every Dude, other week, they're going to be breaking up and making up. I called her when she got the poppy tattoo on her fucking finger. I knew this was a trade wreck from the get-go. It, uh, they should she's have... She's just too young. If they get married, they should have their fucking wedding on a wrecked train. How old was she? I don't know, 22. I don't know. You know, your cerebral I'm exaggerating cortex slightly. isn't fully formed until about 25. Your what? Cerebral cortex? Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, your frontal lobe. One of those fucking things. <laughs> the one that controls... This is this is real science, but I don't know how it's said, really. <laughs> uh-huh. Your impulse control is not fully developed until you're 25. It, That's frontal lobe. Yeah. But for women, it's a little bit earlier. But not that much earlier. Well, Del Rio's matured a long time ago. No, I get like that. Like 15, 20 I'm years ago. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. like, for her, this is why she's making these bad decisions. She's an emotional person. Yeah. Speaking I am not a psychologist. I'm just talking shit. You, you just play one on a podcast every now and then. Listen, the doctor's in session or something. I have a PhD. In Duganomics? No. Where is that chain? It's uh, it's not a thugonomics chain. It's chain gang chain. Oh right, sorry. But that was his thugonomics days. Yeah, I guess so. It's a little bit towards the end. Yeah. I feel. Chain gang. When, like, when he was over. When he, oh, when he first got over. He's still over. Oh, he's still fucking super over. But no, there were no Cena. There were no Cena sucks chance then. John Cena will always be over. Dude, we popped at Mania twenty. Yeah, he's over, bro. Speaking of over, is this over? No. Okay. <laughs> I meant the news. I didn't mean the podcast, obviously. Oh, I know. Congratulations to Apollo Cruz. His girlfriend had their first daughter together this week. Last weekend, I should say. Sade Sophia. Okay, good. You're always bringing up people's marriages and shit and their kids. News. I don't care about that. News. Unless, if they're not on Raw, it's a warm up. They're not on Raw. Smackdown He's on Raw. Cruises. Cruises. Kid's not. He not yet. Well, when he will be in a Roderick Strong like vignette. When his kid is, then you can refer to him. But he's it's the Titus brand. Fuck that, that kid's probably I, gonna get a fucking I don't Titus care. tattoo on his forehead. Listen, it's bad enough. I have to talk about people's relationships. I don't care about their kids. You love the Titus brand. I don't care about their kids. They're not. They're like NPCs. They're non-player characters. You know, if Cruz's girlfriend had gotten pregnant after Apollo Cruz joined the Titus brand, that would be the first original Titus brand product. I'm not selling that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't. Come on. I, I don't like it. Really? I don't know. Mm. Okay. It doesn't make sense. Like, how is that? Because Apollo is a member of the Titus brand. That's the first thing that the Titus brand created. 
No, he created it with his fucking semen. And he's Do part you know of the Titus brand. Work? You get the Titus brand, and then you stick it in your girlfriend, and you pop out a baby named Chade Sophia. You don't get to change the rules on biology, bro. Not you don't get to rules. do that here. Just branding it. You don't get. You to love do branding. It, Move on. All right. Move along. On the heels of Money in the Bank, the pay per view, WWE officials have banned the word briefcase to reference the fucking briefcase, and now they have to call uh, refer to it as a contract. Now, what's the difference? The contract is inside the briefcase. Yeah. Right now, you you climb the ladder. We've established this. You, you, some like someone in the match has to climb the ladder, right? And grab the briefcase, and the match is over. You don't have to climb the ladder, grab the briefcase, open it, and grab the contract that's inside. You just have to fucking grab the briefcase. So you're walking around with the fucking briefcase. In the briefcase is the contract, but the briefcase is not a contract. No, the briefcase is a briefcase. So you grab the briefcase. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was complicated. It's Apparently not. it is. Apparently it is. Like, <laughs> uh, 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 a championship belt is a belt. But I, <laughs> you just you say it and spell it with a capital B. I could never work there. It's like, I can imagine the meeting. All right, gentlemen, please sit down. We'll have a couple things we're going to go over. All right, first thing, first thing. You don't say briefcase anymore. It's contract. <laughs> Wait. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> so, but they carry around the briefcase. Nope. That's the contract. Nope. No, no, but Vince, the contract is in the briefcase. So, it's a briefcase. Now, I don't know. Son, are you listening to me right now? It's a contract. No more briefcase. Why, why are we, why are we doing this? <laughs> <laughs> because it's all about learning, see? A briefcase. It's just a briefcase. Anybody can have a briefcase. So it's in the con so it's in the briefcase. The contract is important. So you gotta bring out the contract. Sir, you sound like Al Pacino. I don't know. I'm I'm just gonna alright, fine, it's a fucking contract. <laughs> they just tap. Everybody just taps. I think that's what's happening right now. It's like we're gonna call it great. Balls of fire. That's catchy, isn't it? You mean like the song? So, what are you talking about, pal? This is about <laughs> having great balls of fire. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, fine. <laughs> you're, you're a genius, sir. You nailed it. Maybe we should do like an old 1950s uh, commercial type thing with like drive-ins. Yeah! That's <laughs> what the kids are doing drive-in movies! We're modern. You know those God. things still exist? Yeah, they do. I, I wish I could go to one. Why? Well, I guess you could probably be more comfortable in a car than in a, in a stuffy seat. They sound awesome because it's like when you go to a movie theater, you're sitting in a seat. But it's not your seat. Yeah, a million other people sat in that. Exactly. Your chair, your seat in the vehicle is special. Fewer people have sat there. Hopefully. And it's in your own comfort. And Maybe. When, it's, when the movie's over, you drive out. You don't have to get up out of your chair, start walking to go take your piss. You just go. You so just you can't go. get out and piss? Well, you can. I, I'm sure they have bathrooms. You've been to a baseball game, right? Or any sporting event? I've been to um, a baseball ha game. Okay, have you been to an event where you were driven? Yes. How about exiting? How Wait, How was that? You can't stay till the end. You have to leave early. <laughs> so you're going to miss the end of the movie every time? Not the end of the movie, but the end of the game. No, I'm, I'm saying like the... Oh, see, that's the problem. See, you'll never see the end credits of a Marvel movie. Because it's like, look, look, guys, we got to go. Or you're just going to have to sit there until everyone's gone, just like not even move. Just chill. Yeah. That's why you get an extra large cup. Uh, enough for your pay. Just have them... Only half fill it, and then yeah. you drink it all, and then you fill it up. Yeah, that's it's gross, but disastrous. It it's a potential for disaster. Or you could prepare and bring a proper sized tank for you to piss in. Could you know? As a bachelor, I'd do that. Mm. If I were a bachelor doing that, I would definitely have a piss bucket. But it's different if I'm with somebody. You always go in a motorhome. 
I don't think you can. Why not? I, it's a matter of taking up space. You take it up more space, people have to go further back. Oh, so like you're saying that people in motorhomes should have to pay for like two seats, like on an airplane? With yeah, fat people? I think they should. I think they should because your, your fatness <laughs> is your fault. It's not everybody else's. And I feel like no one else should have to shoulder that burden because you were lazy and decided you didn't want to take care of yourself and you don't love yourself enough. You think they would check the motorhome to make sure you didn't try to smuggle in any popcorn sodas and shit? Yo, I don't think they do shit. But I really don't think you're allowed to have a motorhome in a drive-in. It doesn't make any sense. It's discrimination. It, do, is it discrimination? It's or something. It, because, look, think about it. The height of it, it's tall, too. So it's going to block people. That's their fault for fucking parking behind you. Yeah, but she's still taking up more room. See, that's the kind of person you are, Rich Riz. That's why you will never be champion again. What about these wrestling events where, where people have a sign? The person behind me can't see. Well, it's it, like oh, it's like oh, that was clever. Now, well, I that's can't a little bit see. different. You don't have to get up out of your car to fuck them up. They're right True. in front of you. You True. can take that sign, roll it up, mm-hmm. and stick it up the candy ass. You can Good. turn that sunroof sideways if you want to too. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. Shining up real nice. Yeah, the consequences are immediate, as opposed to letting it simmer, and then you finally get out of your car to kick the guy's ass. And you got over it already. Yeah. You're not as angry. That's why you got to immediately take care of that fucking anger. You feel me, dog? Yes. All right, cool. Last appetizer of the evening. This is a rumor. The Colognes may have asked for and received their release this week. Uh, this rumor started a few days ago when Pro Wrestling Tees released and promoted via social media a shirt for Orlando Cologne... Uh, better known as Epico, WWE merch merchandise contracts specifically prohibit their merch from being sold anywhere but through WWE. Superluchas.com ran a story about this, and the official Twitter account for the World Wrestling Council, owned by Primo's dad, Carlos Colon, retweeted the story. So it looks like there might be some truth to this. Oh, good. Who needs them? Uh, Brizango? Nah. Oh, yeah, they're working the Ascension now. Nah. Did you not watch SmackDown? Yeah, they're working the Ascension now. No, yeah. they're not, because they're not the ones who wrecked the office. Clearly, but they were working with the Ascension on SmackDown. That oh, was great. Oh, I thought you meant, like, further along. Oh, no, I don't know. I said now. I mean, later. How about you tell us what happened here, and uh, I'll give you two tickets to paradise. <laughs> That was the best segment all week. I think that was the best segment the Ascension have ever been a part of. I like how they took the tickets like all fucking on yeah. the cut. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Breeze and Fandango both were good cop. <laughs> <laughs> I know you didn't do this. No, they were great cops. That's awesome. <laughs> Please, more fashion files. Or what are they call now? Uh, fa- fashion vice. Yeah, uh, fashion vice is the best because of the outfits. I feel like the outfits. What are you, a girl? No, it's the pulled up sleeves and shit. It's like my. Oh uh, yeah, well yeah. I didn't like that show, but then I really didn't watch. I was. You probably didn't remember it. No, I remember you it. Know what it's about? That yeah, that that was the thing. Well, you were a kid. I was. You don't a kid. know what that shit's about. I watched. I. I, I watched, was a boat. I watched the A Team. Bunch of fucking yeah, but there's always a plan, and it comes together. It does. What's there to know? Four He's guys not getting on no plane. Just four guys in a van shooting shit up. Yeah, it only sounds creepy when you're older. Like, what are these guys? Like four on? guys in a van. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> what? Where are the girls? Get the old guy, <laughs> the pretty guy, the big black guy, and the crazy guy. Yeah, that that set up the formula for years to come for all TV. That's uh. In a van. Is that everything? That's it. I told you. That was the last appetizer. Thank God. I'm full on appetizers here. My stomach. It's it's bursting. I have to fit these delicious meats. You do got to fit these meats. All these meats. All the meats. Some big meats. Small meats, big meats. Medium-sized meats. 
Whatever portion you desire, come on down. Basement bookers. We got all the meats. Right off Route 95. Are you ready? For Rizzo's Raw. You know, I'm, I, I am ready because I have to mentally prepare myself for you put yourself over. I don't put myself over. I don't, I don't know how you think I put myself over. You don't see it. One like, day you'll see it. When you see it yourself. There's a character on the show. Tell me. Called Rich the Riz. Uh-huh. He's you. Sure, he's modeled after me. He's you. He might make some of the same decisions I might make. He's you. It's, it's, it's fan fiction. It's your raw fan fiction. Dude, that's all this is. That's all we do but when we write our so episodes. You put yourself in. You're everybody's best friend. Everybody likes you. Dude, the real Angelo Dawkins wishes... He was your Angelo Dawkins. That's different. Where is the real Angelo Dawkins? I don't know. Is he, I, I think, don't know. Is he off trying to find a dog named Canine? I don't know. He. I don't even know if he's still working there. Do you? No. <laughs> exactly. If you don't know for sure somebody's working somewhere, then you got a problem, man. Yeah. Like, I could Wikipedia it, but I don't want to. I don't know if you I, I might be scared of the answer. For, kid. All right. Well, Riz's Raw episode 10 opens with a recap of last week's Raw, just to remind everyone where we are at. As is custom. Yes. The club beat the Usos with Blake and Murphy taking notes from the ramp. Austin Aries gave Seth Rollins a chance to earn a shot at his U.S. title while waiting for Rusev to get medically cleared, but Seth tapped out. Blake finds Murphy laid out in his dressing room, and the club were two sweeting each other nearby. That's a thing. <laughs> Sasha Banks won an eight-pack challenge uh, versus Foxy, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Emma, Nikki Cross, Nikki Bella. I don't know what she. I think Nikki Bella. Do you think Nikki Bella and Nikki Cross ever two sweeted each other? I would love for them to. Yeah. Yeah. Peyton Royce and Tamina by making Dana Brooke tap out, earning herself a shot at Bailey's Women's World Title while waiting for Asuka to uh, get cleared. Uh, and Kevin Owens beat AJ Styles by disqualification when Brock Lesnar attacked Kevin Owens from behind, hitting an F5, leaving AJ Styles in shock that he lost his title shot again. Segment 1. AJ Styles opens the show, heated about how his match ended last week. Last week on Raw, y'all watch AJ Styles get screwed. After being left off the biggest pay-per-view in this company's history, I practically had to beg for an opportunity at the WWE Global Championship. Riz gives me a shot at the number one contendership, and Brock comes out, attacks Kevin Owens during our match, and gets me disqualified, costing me my number one contendership. Kevin Owens comes out to the stage and says, AJ, let's face it, it doesn't matter how it happened, I won the match, and now I'm the number one contender. AJ Styles says, You didn't beat me, all you did was get beat down by Brock. Owens says, I didn't get beat down. I took that F5 and played possum. The only possum you were playing was roadkill. I come out and say, Sorry, Owens, but I can't have a number one contender match and like that. I want to make sure the winner deserves his opportunity. Tonight, we'll have a no disqualification rematch. And if anyone interferes in any way, they're fired. AJ looks happy and Kevin Owens looks like he's planning something. Blake sees Murphy in his dressing room. Buddy, how are you feeling? What'd the doc say? It's just a mild concussion, but they're not clearing me yet. Blake says, Don't worry, just heal up. Make sure you're 100%. Did you get a look at the guy? He says, Man, I didn't see a thing. One minute I'm digging through my bed, the next I'm looking up at the trainers. Don't worry, man. I'll find out who did this and make him pay. Segment 3. Sasha Banks vs. Dana Brooke. The announcers tell us that Dana Brooke wanted a chance to redeem herself after tapping out to the bank saving in last week's 8-pack challenge. Bailey is on commentary for the match, talking up Sasha's ability. Sasha controls most of the match, but loses the upper hand when she misses the shoulder block in the corner and hits the steel hard. Dana starts working on that arm when Asuka comes out to the announce table. Bailey is clearly nervous and asks, if, uh, asks her if she's been cleared to compete. Asuka just has that creepy smile on the whole time. And despite putting the headset on, says nothing. 
all the announcers sound tense as they know what Asuka is capable of and how badly she wants her title back. They ask her how her recovery is going, why she's out there, and other dumb questions. And she just smiles and stares at them. Then turns her attention to the match, where Sasha retakes control after countering a lariat attempt with a swinging neckbreaker. She tries with a bank statement, but the injured arm is taking too much damage. Sasha then dodges a corner splash attempt and rolls Dana up for the win. Sasha celebrates in the ring, but the camera turns to Asuka and Bailey, who are now standing up eyeball to eyeball, Asuka with a creepy smile, and Bailey breathing heavily out of nervousness. Sasha sees this, and looks upset that they're not paying attention to her after her hard-fought victory. Asuka backs away up the stage, glancing at Sasha and back at Bailey. Saxon speculates that Asuka wants Bailey to win so she can get her revenge, but Graves points out that lions don't care which zebra they eat as long as it's all theirs. Segment 4 Backstage, I'm on the phone with Paul Heyman. Paul, I know Brock is the single biggest attraction on Raw, but he can't be at ringside for the number one contender match. Joe won't even be at ringside. Like I said earlier, if anyone interferes in the match in any way, even so much as sneezing, they're fired. And I don't care if that person's name is Brock Lesnar or Paul Heyman. No, Paul. I wouldn't threaten you or Brock. I'm just telling you how it is. That goes for everyone on the roster, from Peyton Royce all the way up to Samoa Joe. Blake walks into my office unannounced. That's fucked up for Peyton Royce. Paul, you got that? No interference. I hang up. Hey, Blake, what's up? Blake asks, have you found any security footage that might tell us who attacked Murphy last week? said, no luck, man. Seems like whoever did it knew exactly when and where to strike. He says, I'm going to find the guy and I'm going to hurt him. I just want you to know that. I say, just be careful. Not knowing who it was, you don't know what they're capable of. Aren't they doing the same thing on Raw with Cass and Enzo? Coincidence. I had this plan from last week from a couple weeks ago. Segment 5. The club beat the Golden Truth in an uneventful quick match. Club, of course, being our tag champs. As the club go back up the ramp, Blake comes out to the stage. Did one of you attack Buddy last week? They look confused. Was it both of you? Gallows grabs a mic. Are you stupid? Why would we attack your tag partner? We're the tag champs. Blake uh, responds with, Maybe you're worried about when we're going to cash in our title shot. Gallows and Anderson just shake their heads at each other and walk off. Segment 6. We had Zack Ryder versus Austin Aries in a non-title match. Something happened, yada yada. It wasn't really that important. Let's just say Aries won. Segment 7. <laughs> Alright. That's one of the matches I didn't write. Oh, really? Carrie, you had no idea. You yeah. fooled me. Wesley Blake finds Paul Ellering backstage and asks him if it was one or both of his guys that attacked Buddy Murphy last week. Ellering says, Who? Murphy? I thought you were Murphy. <laughs> Very funny. Just answer the question, old man. My author's of pain had nothing to do with that attack on your partner last week. The author's of pain come up behind Blake. Now, unless you want to find out how much worse Mur Murphy would have been off had my author's of pain attacked him, I suggest you leave. Blake turns around and is nearly face to face with the authors of pain. As he's a bit shorter. They stare each other down. And Blake backs off. Knowing when to not fight. Man, I should have wrote this. Well. Segment 8. Our main event. is AJ Styles. Versus Kevin Owens. In a notice qualification match for the number one contendership. For Samoa Joe's Global Championship. After a hard-fought, brutal back-and-forth match, AJ just happens to catch Kevin Owens with the calf crusher. Kevin Owens taps. After the match, Brock runs down to the ring, but Owens ducks out. Brock gives chase, and Owens is having trouble running on the leg that AJ had the calf crusher on. Brock catches him, but Owens hits him with brass knucks he had hidden in the pocket of his shorts. He has hit Brock three times with the brass knucks to get him down, and like we've seen in the past, he takes a steel chair to the knee of the beast. Paul Heyman runs down and puts himself between the prize fighter and his down friend, and Kevin Owens hobbles up the ramp, looking smug despite losing his number one contender match. End show. Oh, was I supposed to rate your episode or something? No. It was, it was good. 
Thank you. I felt like it was like, um, it's like one of those episodes between like a pay-per-view and like a regular episode. Mm-hmm. But you know how some episodes are like, you can't really do much right now. Yeah. Like that. So. Like, you can't end every episode with a pull apart. I mean, you can. You could. It doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. I mean, you can end it any way you want. You can have it where, like, literally somebody puts a porta potty in the middle of the ring and somebody, somebody just takes a dump. <clears throat> and this is somebody standing next to it with a microphone to hear no, wait, that... everything drop into the toilet bowl. No, we saw that. That was Miss TV this week. Right. But for real this time. Like an actual urinal. I'm sorry, uh. Stall? Actual stall. Like the Porter Johns. I might rather that. Like a Porter John. I might rather. Like I might rather that than what I saw. Like they hold a microphone up to the toilet and yeah. you hear the bloop. It's fine. Like, <laughs> or the. <laughs> yeah, they gotta feed somebody like X Lax or something. Hershey squirts. Yeah, have them shit themselves. Alright. It's fucking. Graphic, right? Yeah. All right, now it's off for realness. Real shit. This is the real shit. Talking about real shit. This this is the we're putting the R back in realness with my segment of the show, Jer Smackdown, and it is raw and real, not to be confused with Riz's raw. What you're gonna be hearing is exactly what happens. When the podcast is being recorded, from this point forward, there will be no edits. I will notify you when the edits start. Because I only asked that Rich leave my segment untouched. That was the agreement because he has OCD problems. So, not that it's a bad thing because I have them too. Without further ado, if you want a more detailed account on what transpired on the last episode I wrote, head over to episode 167 of the Basement Bookers podcast, and don't forget to tell a friend. Now, the first segment, I'm going to take you in like a little brief summary. So last week, which was technically the last time we filled an episode... See, my, my shit's supposed to be weekly, <laughs> but as you heard, 167 was the last time. Because WWE keeps throwing out these special events and making me defend my championship. They try to drain my creativity by throwing me into the squared circle and defend my championship. But this isn't about me. This is about SmackDown. So, the Hungry Like the Wolf tournament was a tournament that was held with guys that haven't received title matches. And the winner would receive a shot at Baron Corbin's championship because Baron Corbin defended his championship successfully against Bray Wyatt in his rematch. Tyson Kidd is the number one contender because he cheated his way past Kid Kayak. Sami Zayn beat Finn Balor because John Cena decimated Finn Balor with an AA off of a loading dock into an empty trash compactor. Those are the only matters, the only matches that mattered, really. <laughs> so now we're going to start the show. I hope that uh, summary was satisfactory. Angelo Dawkins is reading a book about how to make bread. Kid Kayak walked into his office. The GM of SmackDown has a no door policy, as in, there's no door. You just walk in. Kid Kayak. Well, welcome, friend. I'm learning how to make bread, and it's going to be the sweetest bread there is. That's great, Dawkins. I would love to try your tasty bread. But I really want to get into the ring with uh, Tyson Kidd and Cesaro, like, tonight. Because Cesaro cost me my opportunity at getting a title match against Baron Corbin, which I definitely might have won. But now I'll never know. It's tearing me up inside. I can't even kayak right now. Wow. 
this is really serious, man. I, I don't like seeing you like this. Have a seat. Put your feet up. Angelo Dawkins is thinking. He's thinking deep. Kid Kayak is about to leave. He just can't take it anymore. Wait! Alright, I got an idea. I don't think you're really ready to be a singles guy right now. But how about I tag you with Roman Reigns because you guys were great together. You remember when you guys beat Kane and Triple H over at Booker Mania? Well, this is your opportunity to get revenge. Well, does Roman even want to tag with me because last time he just left and he did help me? That's why I lost. He's supposed to be my friend. I know I forgave him, but it still stings a little bit. Well, I got good, I got good news for you, Kid Kayak, cause, cause Roman Reigns, he's down. Oh yeah! Kid Kayak turns and grabs the camera from the cameraman, and he's screaming into it. Kid Kayak! Coming for you, Tyson Kid! Coming for you, Cesaro! Roman Reigns! Kid Kayak! Woo! Drops the camera and bolts. Alright. That, that happened. Angelo Dawkins continues reading about how to bake bread. So, last week, by the way, this is segment two. Mm-hmm. Last week, Nia Jax squashed Paige. And Becky came out for the save because Nia Jax was going to smother Paige even further. Nia Jax was, uh, she backed down against Becky Lynch, but only because she fights Becky Lynch when she's ready to fight Becky Lynch. Not when Becky Lynch is ready to fight. So Nia Jax, she's going to take on the likes of Billy Kay. Nia Jax body slams Billy Kay and drops a leg on her before the bell rings. She grabs the mic. It says, she's not wrestling anyone who isn't named Becky Lynch. Mic drop. Walks off. Uh, third segment. Alright, let's see what I got. So, last episode, Braun Strowman assumed leadership of the Wyatt family when Bray Wyatt failed to defeat Baron Corbin and regained the championship. He also labeled Bray Wyatt a false prophet after beating him unconscious. At the Wyatt compound, the Wyatt stand before an effigy of Bray Wyatt, which is positioned on his infamous rocking chair with the shattered remains of the lantern Braun Strowman broke on Wyatt's head. Bray Wyatt went from being the soul of the Wyatt family to a cancer that had to be cut out. This is, um, this is, uh, what's his name? Not Braun Strowman, because he's not much of a talker. This is Luke Harper. I can't do a good Luke Harper imitation, but I do know he sounds like an intelligent person. So I'm going to do my best impression of an intelligent person. <laughs> okay? So anyway, Bray Wyatt went from being the soul of the Wyatt family to a cancer. That had to be cut out. He was what. The essence of the Wyatt family was. But that is weak. The Strowman family. Is what matters now. We will not stop. Until we have all the championship gold. The titles represent. The power. And the WWE. And we will take it all. Run. That was Rush Roman. Mm-hmm. Because he's not a talker. Right. Yes. So it's now, now the, the effigy of Bray Wyatt is burned because, because Braun Strowman poured gasoline on it and set it aflame mm-hmm. as he walked off. And then it's, you just hear like a, a barn door slam. That's the new thing. There's no more. Because <laughs> Bray Wyatt's done. Cool. For now. So, segment four, Roman Reigns and Kid Kayak versus Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. Baron Corbin is watching from ringside to let Tyson Kidd know that he is watching his every move. Kid Kayak and Roman Reigns win with a Superman punch, paddle kick combo. It's just a fast and focused super kick 
that hits first, followed by Roman's more powerful Superman punch. Hmm. There is much rejoicing. Yay. Segment five. So we get the Miz with Mark Henry and Sheamus. And the Miz is taking on the ty- the likes of Dolph Ziggler in a non-title match. Miz goes over with a skull-crushing finale. Dean Ambrose applauds him from the ramp. Remember, Dean Ambrose has a title shot of his choosing. Just so you guys know. Mm-hmm. Miz is the Intercontinental Champion. Segment 6. Angelo Dawkins baking bread. <laughs> this is the most delicious, breadiest of breads. I can smell it. I can feel the essence of fresh pastry. It's my nose. It's incredible. Baron Corbin walks in. Puzzled. He asked it. Oh, I gotta do Baron Corbin. Yep. I just like, I'm reading my direction. <laughs> Dawkins. I see you're a little bit busy wasting time baking bread like some kind of Sally homemaker. Well, I'm here with a reward for your great smelling bread. How about giving the gift to the fans, an opportunity to watch the champion of the world fight tonight. You know, Corbin, I was thinking the same thing that I was baking this freshly baked bread that I just learned how to do because I learn everything. (laughs) Tonight, you're going to throw down with no other than another man of many talents, just not as many talents as your GM, Angelo Dawkins, Chris Jericho. And how about we do that next? Chris Jericho is perfect. Dawkins offers Corbin some fresh baked bread. You got to try this bread, man. It's like heaven in a bun. <laughs> Corbin takes a bite and nods in approval. He grabs another piece. Segment seven. Barry Corbin beats Chris Jericho by disqualification. Because Chris Jericho hit a low blow to stop the match. Corbin recovers and low blows him right back. He makes an example out of Jericho by hitting him with a ring bell and putting him through a table. Dean Ambrose heads down to let Corbin know he's not there for a fight. Just taking a look around. You know, because he has title shot. Yep. Against any champion. Any champion. Or champions. Okay. Segment number eight. If you're keeping count, if you're not, doesn't matter. Finn Balor is leaving a message for John Cena via video message. Because Finn Balor is still on the shelf because John Cena took him out. John Cena is banned from the arena for the next two weeks. Hmm. John Cena... When you attacked me last week, you attacked the Balor Club, and Finn Balor represents the Balor Club. John Cena, Finn Balor challenges you to a last man standing match. John Cena, next time you come to meet Finn Balor, you are going to meet the demon instead. Finn Balor, out, John Cena. Segment 9. (laughs) <laughs> Bala Club, Bala, Bala, Bala. John Cena, Bala Club. John Cena. Oh. Oh. Segment 9. Kid Kayak, Roman Reigns, and Angelo Dawkins just finished watching Finn Balor's promo from backstage. I knew you guys would be great in there. But my speed and Roman's power were just too much for them. It didn't even seem fair, to be honest. We should grab the tag titles. Oh, wait. They say it at the same time. Mm-hmm. We should grab the tag titles. Let's not get too hasty. I mean, did you hear Strowman? Right, this is before I made the edit on the fly. Okay. It was originally Strowman. Mm-hmm. It's like, Strowman doesn't talk that much. So. Doesn't work. Harper. So, Harper. Yeah. Did you hear Harper? They're stronger than ever. One more match, and you get your chance. Non-title. So, you're going to get a title match if you win a non-title match against these guys. I have to make it harder on you guys. 
you're my friends and you get the opposite of special treatment. But Roman says, iron sharpens iron. Roman eats some freshly baked bread. <laughs> All right, then. We're going to have to train extra hard. So I say we load up on White Castle energy. The three friends make a toast with bread. Fade. <laughs> and that was Basement Chair Smackdown and Raw and Real. You're going to get that 100% unedited. So, uh, let me know what you think. Let us know what you think because... This was some good stuff. Uh, I know I went a little bit off book. Uh, I just want to try, uh, something a little bit different. There's no reward without risk. Indeed. Whew. One take. <sighs> I shouldn't have muted myself for the, cause no, what, what, once I, I heard you do it, I heard when you said there was a, a Finn Balor promo. I was like, he's gonna do it. I, 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 I don't want to laugh too loud over him. That's nah, great, man. Like, cause you crack, cause you cracking up crack me. <laughs> so I can hear you, cause I'm not looking at you. Uh-huh. Cause I'm trying to keep my pacing. Yeah. And I'm, I, I broke. I think I'll. I corpsed. Uh, <laughs> I think I'll. Uh, I do that's that's really an English thing, but I think I'll. Uh, I don't know. You leave everything say. alone. Oh yeah, I know that. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm raw and real. Basement Jazz is raw and real. You are. You guys are going to love me for me or hate me for me. But either way, you did it because I was myself. 100%. So, SmackDown. There was something that Jinder Mahal said on SmackDown that annoyed me. I know it was written for him, but... Any chance you remember what it might be? About his past with the great Kali's sister? Bingo! Exactly it. So, Jinder Mahal called Kali, quote, a personal hero. Great Kali was his brother-in-law, who he said brought shame to the entire family. Yeah, I think it's because they forgot. I, I think it's well documented on this podcast. I have a shitty, shitty memory. But I remember... We both remembered... We both remember that Jinder Mahal is Grey Kali's brother-in-law. Yeah, I think he mixed it up with like what's really happening because like they're best friends. I didn't know they were. Yeah, they are. They're like best friends. So, and he does kind of look up to him. I think most people do. Yeah, well, yeah. not like like <laughs> physically, but like in his country, he's huge. He's like a huge deal. Do you think I'm? I would be past Kali's kneecap if we were to stand next to each other. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Clo- I'd say closer to the shin. Oh, that's lower. The top of the it's shin. A lot lower, okay. Like, okay. borderline bottom of the kneecap. Bottom of the kneecap. Yeah. So I can kneecap him. I mean, you could. I could cap him. You would have to, you could headbutt. Yeah. So that would be a, an effective use of it. So Carmella is a uh, Miss Money in the Bank again. Good, as it Great. should be. Yeah, I I didn't I I was torn up inside. I I love Becky, but then then it's like I wanted Carmella to win, and then Carmella got the chair, and I'm like, oh no, no, yes, do it, no, no. <laughs> I'm glad you won because I knew it. I knew this whole time. You did. You called it. You called it before I did. Exactly, man. It's just I believed in her, and it just, it, it was, it, it was the right call. It's it the, works. It's the right call. She's running with it. Mm-hmm. I feel like she feels like this is real. You know? Mm-hmm. What'd you think about that Cass, uh, Amore spot? <sighs> I saw it coming. I thought it was, con- I thought for a second, a brief second, they caught me that maybe they'd pull it back. Mm-hmm. Cause they, they never did that before. Did they? Well, where someone attacks their best friend, and then, and then next the very week, next week, it's like, it's like, look, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No, right? That would have been interesting. Because they, they still didn't get a chance to go for the tag team championships, did they? No. Shame. <sighs> now, here's the thing. Someone told me that I needed to watch Talking Smack. 
that there was. Oh, you accused that. You you, you accused me of that. No, because I, I, I all fair. My you me- accused me. I just want the fans to know. I did. My memory was faulty for a moment, and then I remembered. Okay. Now, I thought I saw something on Twitter that because like, all right, I didn't have a chance to watch SmackDown Wednesday night like I usually do. Uh, I had to watch it thir- uh, this past Thursday instead. Like the old days. Yeah. So, I went on Twitter. I don't remember why. Uh, and I accidentally saw some shit. I was like, ah, shit. Um, but I thought I saw something about Orton attacking Daniel Bryan. What? <laughs> that's what I like. That's what I thought I had missed on Talking Smack. I'm like, if Orton attacked Daniel Bryan, that means Daniel Bryan's clear to wrestle. Usually, yeah. Which would have been fucking tremendous. I maybe mixed up news items because he, Daniel Bryan, was in the news about possibly wrestling again. Yeah. I now okay. A little bit of backstory. The coffee machine on my floor at work has been not working for the for this whole week. So once again, I'm falling asleep at my desk every day. It sucks. All right. Maybe I dreamt that I saw that on Twitter. You might have. I might have. Maybe wishful thinking. You know. I don't know. At least your bathroom worked. On Friday at my job, I came in and the bathrooms were out of order. All of them or just the one on? We only have one bathroom for employees. One for girls, one for boys. That blows. And I was so mad because I drink water all day. Mm-hmm. Because it keeps me cool. So And it keeps the brain awake. Yeah, I couldn't drink water. I couldn't because I'd have to pee. And I still have to pee. Right. I had to force myself to use the bathroom in Penn Station or else I was going to pee my pants. Uh, You couldn't ask one of the females to watch the door for you? Both of the bathrooms. Both of them? Broken. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I was even going to go... We have like a, a janitor's closet with a drain and a sink. Wow. I was thinking about taking a piss down the drain. Old school. But the, uh, as, I, and, and as I'm walking in, I'm like, there's a fucking camera ah. facing the fucking thing. And I'm like, well, it's a really good thing I kept my dick in my pants. Oh, that- also, I would have done it with my back towards the camera. Yeah. But still, I, I don't want to get fired for that. Yeah. I don't want to be the guy that got fired for that. You know? Did anyone ask management about using the the customer bathroom? There isn't one. There's not? No, just for us. It's a big store. No customer bathroom? Yeah, because people did stuff in them. Well, I, I hear you, but... Yeah. Yeah, man. It was a really bad day. I wanted to leave. You could have. I know, Like, right? by law, you can leave. If it's still like that on Sunday, I'm leaving. <laughs> we had, um... A similar issue, uh, I think it might have been last summer or a few months ago. I don't remember exactly. Either last summer or winter, I don't fucking know. But, like, my entire building, the water was off. Shit. It only lasted, like, three or four hours. So, like, we could still pee in the urinal. It's just a matter of... Flushing? Yeah, we couldn't do that. But, that you know, that's no big deal because it's just a drain. What if you have to shit? Then... You just have to shit. <laughs> uh, I feel like if anything this 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 proves the divinity of any human being is the fact that we shit. Yeah. I mean, you're not special if you shit. Right. What a great way to <laughs> close the podcast. <laughs> Everybody shits. <laughs> hey guys. Thanks for listening. I just wanted to say, if you could leave us a five-star review, and that would help us a lot, because then more people can find the Basement Bookers podcast. It's all about word of mouth, and if, we, if even if it's too much to do a review, 
you know, because life is so hard for you. Your pampered lifestyle, you're, you're listening to me on your phone right now, your fancy little phone or your fancy little computer. Well, how about you just tell somebody? You know, that's easy. Anybody. It could be anyone. You don't even have to know them. You just tell your boss. Tell your, tell your, tell your girlfriend's boss. Tell your, tell your landlord. Tell your neighbor. Tell your neighbor's landlord. Tell the garbage men. Sanitation workers. Tell the plumber. You tell the, 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 the token booth person. You even tell somebody on the train right next to you. Just turn to your left. Follow the bookers. Turn to your right. Basement bookers. And then just go back to what you're doing. You do all those things. Just pass it around. <laughs> pass it around. Pass it around. Pass basement bookers around like herpes. Cause we ain't going nowhere. You can only treat us. And scene. <laughs>